Greetings, everyone. This is a Sound Health radio show where we talk about the crossroads of the environment and our health and longevity. With Richard Talk to Me Guy, and as we know, Sherry Edwards is off working on the SoundHealthPortal.com. I'd like to suggest going to SoundHealthPortal.com, scrolling down just a bit, clicking on the Watch How button, and you'll see a short video explaining how to do a vocal print, how to just the process of doing that. It's not very hard, but it's good to hear it once just to walk you through it to know what to do. Then go back to SoundHealthPortal.com, scroll down to some of the current campaigns, and a campaign is the possibility for you to run your voice through one of the software campaigns or software packages like BioDiet or PTSD, TBI, or neuroplasticity for showing your state of firing in the mental state and methylation cascade, and choose one of those packs or campaigns that's of interest to you. Click on that campaign and click the free voice analysis, and the system will walk you through submitting your recording. And you'll get an email with a good report. I always suggest sitting down with a cup of tea and reviewing the report, and that usually arrives in one to two hours. To hear and share replays of this show, about 30 to 40 minutes after you hear the outro music, go to talktomeguy.com, scroll down that page, and you'll see this show at the top of the episodes page. There are also archives of hundreds of hours of shows there. There's a microphone icon at the bottom right corner of all pages. If you'd like to leave me a message, a voice message, with questions for today's guest or a guest idea for a show, or just say hi, you can do that directly from the site. Just click on the microphone and you can leave me a message and I will be notified. With that, Carol Baggerly is the founder of GrassrootsHealth.net. Her mission to join with vitamin D researchers around the world to end the vitamin D deficiency epidemic remains strong. As she moves to focus on another venture, Tools of Living. For the last five years, when she and her husband became 75 and 90 years old, they realized that while all the nutrients are still necessary, the body still needs some help, and possibly the living arrangements do too. Carol and her husband, Leo, have been spending time both investigating and using items like grab bars in the home, have seen what it takes to get them, how helpful they are to even younger people in helping avoiding falls. An item like a scooter is not well known, but is a mobility agent in long distances. How long-term care insurance can be a major driver in choices. In short, aging in place takes preparation and a few people are ready to do it. At this point, Tools of Living has been established to provide the information to do ongoing development of the links to reliable sources of material as well as consulting on the choices. Carol Bakerly joins us to talk about aging in place. Welcome, Carol. Thank you very much. I'm a delight, delighted to be here with you and your, everybody that's listening. This is an adventure, everybody. Just uh, grab a grab bar and relax. <laughs> well, I'll be good. <laughs> I want to start this out with a, with a quote by, from you, actually. Everything I do has the same overarching theme. Provide the tools, education to individuals so they can be independent and make choices that help them, making everyone a citizen scientist. <laughs> Where did that come from? I've been interviewing you for years. That is really true. You really are a, an advocate for people having education, getting information, and making choices based on their becoming a citizen scientist. I think that's such a great thing. How did you, did you. you just Thank pop you. up this way? <laughs> is there a tipping point? I think that we all do things that are part of us and are motivated or we make life choices. And then what I've had has been a number of people be very beautifully but very notably um, complimentary to all the work that I have had the pleasure of doing with vitamin D, education, and whatever and I appreciate all those comments, but they don't, I'm not looking for praise. And I ask myself a very logical question, which is, what are you looking for, Carol? You know, what is motivating you to do all this? And I had to laugh. I did laugh. I thought, because I want to be independent. <laughs> 
And I, even with uh, raising our children who are now 60s, and with everything I've done from running a Montessori school, the whole focus has been on helping others achieve that sense of independence. And to me, the only way you're ever going to be independent is to know what it is you're doing and to have enough information and or a partner or part, find out how to get enough information to make the choices you want to make. So that's just me. And somehow or another, what you just quoted back to me rang a bell with many that know me well, which is like, yes, that's, that's what you do. And I said, but it's, it's there, it's embedded. Um, my husband is a physicist, and he talks that way 24 hours a day. <laughs> so yeah. it's just part of, the, part of the mind, the body, the motivation. But thank you for asking. It's, it's a good lead-in to what we're trying to do with everything we do, which is to provide people tools uh, to empower them. My mm-hmm. desire is to educate people, to give them information, and then allow them to make their choices. There are times where I'm adamant like about vitamin D. Are you a fool? You need to be taking good <laughs> qualities of vitamin D. You would say it much more politely than I would. But it's the same thing. That's why I've, I've really always enjoyed our conversations is because you really are passionate about what you're talking about. You're not selling a thing. Here's this information. Don't you want to utilize it? Come on. So that's very exciting. I want to ask you a couple of vitamin D questions before we dive in. Do you think that maintaining good levels of vitamin D in the long term give us benefit to aging well? Absolutely. Vitamin D impacts everything in our body, and we're only scientifically beginning to see what that really means. I mean, by everything in our body, you hear things every day about bone health. Vitamin D impacts that, folks. You hear things about depression. Vitamin D impacts that. Uh, You hear things about cancer. Oh, my gosh, vitamin D impacts that. And people that are actually out in the sun a lot have less melanoma than those are inside. So we're turning upside down, in one sense, the assumptions that people have made forever being um, in this current society about the sun is bad for you and the sun and vitamin D are necessary for you. It's not just bad and good. It's necessary. Um, and the more research that's gone on, the more that it comes to be. It's really amazing how that's been such a thread down through the years of the vitamin D, not just from talking, only talking to you and seeing the work at Grassroots Health, but everywhere. I remember years ago when I did a show with Marion Moses, who wrote a book about designer poisons, and she was at MD who had been around for a long time. Actually, she was part of the Cesar Chavez movement. And we mm-hmm. talked about vitamin D back then. And that was when I was doing terrestrial radio. That was almost, I want to say, 20 years ago, but that seems so long. But it's true. And you've really been, you know, grassroots health has really been pounding the pulpit in such a great way. Obvious to me, an obvious question of, doesn't it seem to have benefit for a long-term basis? It's really amazing yes. to me. No, you No, you go ahead. No, you first. <laughs> One of the joys of putting together Grassroots Health was it was started really by getting, we had 48 vitamin D researchers that were well known in the field at that time who signed up to say, yes, the vitamin D level, the serum level is what needs to be measured and it needs to be between 40 uh, and 60 nanograms per milliliter minimum. And it can be a lot higher. That got published, published close to 20 years ago. And it's still, people are looking at how much do I take? And they've missed the point about it's the serum level that matters and you need to measure it at least twice a year. And we'll be on that that challenge for quite a while. It matters a great deal. Uh, what the serum level is, dependent upon what you take. Because, again, our very first research paper published with Dr. Haney, who was leading at the time, and Dr. Garland, was to show that the serum level actually can vary by a factor of 
six or more based on the same input by person. And so you cannot tell how much it's going to help you by the quantity. One other question about this, or category actually, about let's not forget the sun. The sun gets such a bad rap, like it's causing cancer. And and I saw a short piece by Dr. Hollick on one of your sites. I can't remember now because I've reviewed so much stuff, talking about sensible sun exposure and that his research says that most fair-skinned people benefit from sensible sun exposure. Could you paint a little more picture about that? Because the sun gets such a bad rap. It does get a bad rap, and the unsensible sun exposure is burning, period. So wrap sensible and put in burning is not wise. That's your kind of stupid. Right. When you find yourself mm-hmm. getting too hot or whatever, get out of the sun. It varies by the skin color or skin type that one an individual is blessed with. There are people that have very, very, very light skin and they need to stay out less time or they will burn and burning is not good. And there are people with darker skin who need to stay out much longer to get an equivalent benefit from the sun. And one of the things, back again to the sunshine, one of the, it is about the sunshine, but it's also about the serum level. By getting the serum levels of two different populations to the same or very close to the same level, you end up with the same health outcomes. One of the challenges right this minute going on in, for example, South Carolina or places where they have a large number of darker-skinned people is somewhere somebody has chosen to put that on how the people are treated, like we discriminate against the darker-skinned people, therefore they're not treated as well. I don't know if that's true or not, but I do know that if you take a look at the vitamin D levels, you'll have an equivalent percentage of preterm births in both very dark people and very white people if you get their serum levels the same. So don't burn. Don't burn. <laughs> That's the motto. Don't burn. Burning's bad. I was amazed when I, when I was younger and I was going to college. I lived in Northern California. I would go out and bicycle. Well, on a weekend, I'd bicycle 100 miles. The entire time that I did that, I did it regularly. I'd bike for about an hour every morning and every night, but on the weekends I'd do a long ride. And I never used any sunscreen or sunblock, but I developed a really great tan. I never burned, but I just eventually my skin got so used to it, it just tanned up. And I never did burn, and I bet my vitamin D levels were amazing. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't test them, but I bet they were amazing from that. <laughs> so now, with Tools of Living empowering you to live life to the fullest, You've moved into being, again, an educator and an advocate for people being their own citizen scientist in a certain way about living in place, living well. How did, how did this start? How did this come onto your radar, shall I say? It came onto my radar because we got older. I personally got older and am still getting older, thank goodness. I'm 81 now. Yeah. My husband is 95. And we had to make some adjustments. And it was in the process of making those adjustments that it became very clear that too many people didn't know about this. And the difficulty that the time, honestly, that it has taken to learn enough to make intelligent decisions has been enormous, Richard. It has just been an enormous amount of time. And that's when, instead of being frustrated, I said, I don't need to be frustrated. I can take this as a learning experience, like with vitamin D, and share it with others so that they don't have to spend that amount of time. And also can be the information that we can provide can be trusted based on many, many, many things. So I'm very excited. But that's basically it. We now have a stair lift that goes upstairs. We wanted to stay in place, by the way. That was a major component mm-hmm. of the motivation. We have a beautiful view outside and we get to see the ocean and there's just too many nice things 
to not try to find a way to stay put. And so, but anyway, we have a stair lift. We have grab bars all over the place. We now have a ramp outside in the garage to get into the car. We have many other custom things in the house that we have researched to find out what works. We've also looked at particular exercises. Anyway, just that's kind of what motivated the getting started was we've We've had to make so many changes, and I really wanted to share it. Experience is really an amazing teacher. I want to talk about grab bars. We were talking a little bit about Mm -hmm. this before the show, and Mm -hmm. I had lived in a place for a long time. I lived in a place in the Sonoma that had a tile shower. It was a retro bathroom. Tile shower, big bathtub, tile floor. It was a death trap. And I was agile and in my 50s. And I was doing, you know, lifting weights and doing stuff. And it was just, I put in a grab bar and I thought, why didn't I do this years ago? It's such a handy, it's not a negative in any way. It's not like, oh, you're getting old, you need a grab bar. No, it helped me get out of the bathtub. It's amazing. I think grab bars should be part of homes because it's such a handy thing to have. Start with the bathroom. Seems like an Uh easy place to put a grab bar. And how handy, as they say, just in the shower. Having a grab bar is an amazing thing. It's typically tile, and it's a slippery area. And do you have, where where do I have them? Um, Number one, the first place that my husband, as it turned out, fell and really had a very dangerous accident was coming up the stairs to get into the house from the garage. And so Mm -hmm. it's like Mm -hmm. if there had been a grab bar right there at that entry place, you know, you walk up, you're at the top stair or almost at the top yeah. stair to have something to reach out and hold on to as you navigate those stairs is very positive. And so we had the person from the grab bars here in San Diego come install them, and they knew where to put them. I mean, <laughs> I didn't have yeah. to tell them. Where. But that's what motivated us to start with was I do want to, if I may, tell the users one other thing. The reason that Leo fell was not just due to agility. It was because he had been prescribed a medication which he was allergic Mm. to. So I can't do the negatives for people, but I would encourage anyone who is frail or, or whatever to make sure that they pay attention to their medications and make sure that they're not contributing to to problems. But anyway, that was what prompted his first fall. And I was surprised that there were different styles of grab bars. They're not, people think of grab bars, I believe, if we all have a visual of a grab bar, that it's a large stainless steel tube. But when I was, I was again, backstage, we were talking about I had lived with my father and worked with my father. When, and he was ambulatory, but he needed a grab bar. And I had somebody mm-hmm. come in, and they said, oh, what style do you want? I went, style? <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> and there was there was one kind that he liked, this particular installer liked for the shower because it was slightly had a roughish texture to it, so it was better to grip to. Okay. And then the big mm-hmm. metal tube ones in a different location. As you said, they know exactly where they need to go. They're not going, where right. would you like them? They're telling you where they should be. <laughs> right. Well, there's even um, the toilet paper holder. There is, in, in any bathroom, there is a a device which is essentially a grab bar which allows the person sitting at the toilet to pull themselves up from that posture to stand up. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's a holder that actually holds the toilet paper, but it's, it's kind of curved at the top. Anyway, it's a sophisticated device, but it's very, very, very useful. Wonderful. As we As we go on in aging... Slightly step back, this goes back into vitamin D realms, but really overall, the idea of health and wellness, What, where do we get counseling or more information? Or I know you'll probably be doing a series somewhere in here, but let's talk about like health and wellness and diet. Because as we get older, I think we eat less, and I've worked with some elderly people where at some point they get tired of trying to think about eating, or they don't want to eat at all. They just don't care. They're not trying to die. They're just like bored. How do we stay healthy and eat well? How will we individually decide what that means? I think diet is a matter 
to me personally, back again to the individual approach I have for things, I think it's very important to have a diet that is matched to you or nutritional components that match to you individually. And we need to find better ways to do that because people are unique. And I personally have a very strange allergy and I do not have a high fruit and vegetable diet, for example, because I'm allergic to almost all of them and I have very high protein and high fat. But Mm -hmm. it's necessary for my body. Now, how did I find that out? By trial and error and being sick a lot of the time until finally I had somebody who knew a lot more than I did and could find the information to say why. So it's personalized nutrition to me is the next major thrust that we need to have so people can kind of take a look at their their diet. But being bored of it, I think one of the other things in terms of aging that has turned out to be incredibly beneficial has been a number of these tools that exist in most major communities of food delivery. Mm-hmm. And you can log in and choose what you want and have it delivered to you within, I don't know, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever, and it's all cooked, it's all ready. I find that a very powerful thing to do that is not really more expensive than doing it at home, believe it or not, because you have leftovers. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. But if we could couple, and I have not done this yet, but if we could couple the nature of the food substances, you know, like here's here's the way to pick your diet and XYZ company or restaurant has it exactly for you or can be selected for you. Do it. So it's all mm-hmm. my automated and I, I don't get bored with it at all. Yeah. I can't imagine. I was a working chef for 20 years, so I'll <laughs> always be cooking. <laughs> Just right. because for me, that's pleasure. That's recreation. But for some people I know, it's like I am so bored with making food. The landlady in Sonoma was like that. She was like, I'm going out. She liked being social as well because there is yeah. part of that of going out and eating is being social. And I think that I know that in this in the aging in place work you're doing, you're talking about community and social interaction. And I want to jump to that just because that came to mind of really being active being active doesn't mean you have to go out and run around the track. Being active means that you're out in community and you're being social. And if you're capable, I think it's really nice to give to others, meaning you give some time to a community project where you're either sure. educating kids or helping people with their computers or some of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think just any social interaction is beneficial. So talk about the benefits of being in community or involved in community and social interaction. First of all, you have to look for it and see what what's available in your community. And that can be as broad as your local church or some facility like that where there are people and you individually might choose to set up regular meetings. There are also in many communities local senior centers And at the senior center, generally named by a city, like there's the Carlsbad Senior Center here, there's the Encinitas Senior Center, and they have a whole bunch of programs going on. The one that we go to most frequently has a luncheon every day from 12 to 1, and they have fixed menus. It's not something you get to choose from the menu, but it's a marvelous opportunity to walk in the door and have lunch and sit at one of you pick a table and there's a couple of hundred people there and you get to meet as many people in any day as you want to. They also mm-hmm. have computer programs to show people how to do things, as you mentioned. They have knitting classes. I mean, they have a whole bunch of things going on all the time. So uh, that is something that's available almost everybody, almost everywhere nowadays and some of them are good and some of them aren't good but that's one place to look but it's a it's a necessity to maintain that or especially after this trauma we had with covid with everybody kind of having to stay home and it was very painful 
So right. it's important to have ways to get out. My last couple of years of living in Sonoma, there was a there's a senior center there called Vintage House, and uh-huh. I would go in once a week for half a day and help people with phones and computers. There you go. And there you go. it was just it was pretty fun because I like educating people. And I've done a lot of that kind of work in the technical world, so I'm pretty good at some nerds will just grab your phone and fix it. I will make you do it so that you figure out how to do it. You get more familiar with the device, what are the devices. And I found it quite rewarding, just in the sense of I enjoyed doing it. They were like, that was great. Oh, my God, I can now call my grandkids. <laughs> so it's it's being social. Yes. There's also a, a different activity I want to highlight just because – Mm-hmm. We have enjoyed it so much. Many of these senior centers, and it doesn't have to be there, but many of them have book clubs mm-hmm. uh, that operate in different ways. Some of them you read a book based on what they did, then you come and you discuss it, and that's it's fun. The other is where you're writing a book yourself. Wow. For your, so you come in and you discuss your writings of the last month. So... There are just all kinds of creative opportunities with people that have a level of interaction that you can choose. Many people are very, very, very social. Many are not, but they still need a little bit, you know, that kind of thing. What do you think, this is not in your material, but it just comes to mind. What do you think about people meeting sometimes on a video platform, whether it be Zoom or Meetin or some kind of easy to get together with a few people or some people use FaceTime on their Apple devices. Do you think that has, I feel it has some benefit, but I spend a lot of time in that world because of what I do. I help people learn how to do podcasts and use microphones. So I'm regularly working with people across the country that I've never met in person, but we see each other quite frequently. Do you think that that, I, I know that meeting in person is really good because you have random things that occur, whereas on technology, it's not quite as intimate. But do you you think, and from your experience, do you think it has some benefit to have at least some of that? Well, of course it does. I mean, we all do that. And some of it is out of necessity, like it's a business thing. Mm -hmm. Our children all live in very different places. We get online with them to talk periodically, and that's also very beneficial. To have that when you you can't do the personal kind of thing. So sure, no, I think everything is, it's all called Richard making the match. What fits with that person or persons? There are some people that would reject it, fine. What are the other opportunities? You know, those Uh kind of things. What do you think about, I've always been a person who just picks up a phone and calls people. I'm not I'm not much of a writer. I grew up a little too dyslexic, mm-hmm. so my hand skills are not great <laughs> for getting words out that way, but I can talk pretty well. Even that, talking to people on the phone. I see less people talking on the phone. Doing video is fine. It's just that I see a lot a lot of people. I see people in the grocery store who shouldn't be talking, and then I see other times when I think people should be talking. It seems like there's right. still even benefit from just hearing each other's voices. I'm a voice person, so that's part of what my thinking is. That just even talking is good. To be to be part of any kind of interaction, I think, is beneficial. I can't make that a question, but I know you have thought on that. <laughs> uh, of course. It depends to me, and again, this is a personal thing, which is it depends on what the topic is. Random talking is not my favorite thing, although I do. It, You know, somebody says hello, of course you say hello or how are you today. I mean, those, those are encounters and whatever. I like topics. So give me a topic that we're going to talk about or something other than family chit chat. (laughs) What's the question? You know, let's talk about a question we all have or what are we going to do about it? So again, you just make with what you feel comfortable with and what others do. I like the idea of having a subject. Usually when I call somebody, I have a subject in mind <laughs> because I'm calling yeah. them to go, what do you think about this? What are you doing? <laughs> right. That kind of thing. So there's a thing there. I want well, to jump back to housing. Oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say I wanted to jump back to housing 
because I felt there was more thought there about in terms of, well, I'll, I'll talk about the kitchen. Are the things that we want to be thinking about for a safe, safer kitchen or the idea of I can still pick up a heavy pan off the stove? Not everybody can. But mm-hmm. I have big forearms because I was a chef for 20 years. That yeah. kind of thing. Are the things that we want to start thinking about now for our own safety in the kitchen? And I don't mean stop cooking. I just mean making it easier and safe at the same time. Right. Well, there are questions about comfort. There are questions about safety. There are what kind of modifications would you do and what kind of funds would it take to do whatever is necessary in your existing place versus moving so it all gets tied up. And there's a really good questionnaire that the um, National Aging in Place put out, which I, it will be part of our website, which we are able to let people download this and, and do what they want. But it's everything from where you're located. Like you might want to live in a different type of neighborhood in the future compared to where you are now. It might matter greatly to you. So we had some, we live in a condo community and all of our condos have two floors Quite a number of years ago, there was a couple here who said, I'm going to move right now in order to have one floor. Mm-hmm. So those kinds of things are important to look at. Um, you don't want to be hit by surprise with them. Accessibility to transportation, other transportation. We've had a lot of people move to different places because of family, because of climate. I mean, it's just like, it's an enormous housing. It's a major issue for everybody almost. And do you own your current home? Do you rent it? All of that. And in your, not only will you have information on your site, but will you, in your consulting with people, will you help them figure some of these things out? Or can they work with you to like go, I don't know what to do about diet? or I, Because you have a broad palette yourself and you've had the own experience. Are you going to be through tools of living, having people be able to consult with you to, I have questions about finance or I have questions about this, to give them a little joggling into place? What I hope to do there, because I can't respond to the numbers of people that would have questions, is to put together a community forum, which would allow Mm -hmm. people to uh, participate Kind of like you and I have chatted today, many of these questions could be discussed with in this community forum by others, not just me, but it's like, what did you try and what has worked, what doesn't work, so forth and so on, and mm-hmm. to put those together. Because I think that's important. A lot of people have had broad experiences or more with different kinds of things, so we'll have that put together pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. One of the kind of fun things we're going to do there, so get ready. I don't ever give up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for the, our vitamin D advocates and or members of the grassroots health process, they will, they, we will be able to track some more information about what they choose uh, and what mm. they might consider and be able to report back to others some um group data and not just individual things, because I think that's valuable too. So we'll be able to do some of that. So being able to have a good vitamin D level <laughs> yeah, and to, know, and to know what it is are very important. And I think the same things are true about the housing, you know, like all of this is private information. It's not stuff that would be shared with names and stuff out there, but how mm-hmm. have you find that? something or who's done a reverse mortgage and social security how big a benefit of it is it is it to you all those kind of things so yeah there isn't in terms of forums and data associated also with health outcomes so mm. no no you know you answered my question you but you tipped okay. over a jar of marbles with the 
reverse mortgages. <laughs> I have a lot of people suddenly asking me, and I'm like not the finance person. I'm really good at what I do, and finance is not my bailiwick. Um, but you know, a lot of conversation about reverse mortgages. So I'm I'm looking forward to having some place to send people. Like, go over there, read that. Because oh, I hear it a lot. But it's we will not my have thing. we will have a lot of information about that because um, it's a funny market. Funny meaning I've talked to some people about it in the past, and oh no, never do that. It's dangerous. All those people are dishonest. I mean, <laughs> it's they're loud about some of their statements like that and then somebody else will say we couldn't have done something without it and it works very well well it's called how reputable your vendor is i mean it's not a magic tool all by itself it's it's like how it's put together can be structurally different and the methods of um or the components of all the pieces of it have changed a little bit over time and they're actually better now than they they used to be. But it's something in today's economic society and the probability of, pe- of people that would be listening to this, many people are living in homes right this minute that have accrued considerable value, again, due to what's going on in, in the society. Mm-hmm. So take advantage of it. So take advantage of it. I'm having that conversation with a friend of mine now. She has great amounts of equity in her home. And I I keep throwing out and reverse mortgage ideas to her because I have a friend who knows much more about it than I do. And she's just like, no, I've heard it's bad. You get ripped off. I'm like, no, no, Well, there you go. That's exactly what some some biases people have. And that's why we need to find people in different communities that have established a a true honesty and reputation so that I can't say that I would ever recommend a particular person, but I can certainly give them access to sharing their goods to allow people to um, take a look. Right. I, I don't know why this just popped into my brain, but I'm going to make a technical recommendation. And that's sure. actually this comes from working with people about technology. If you're thinking about getting a computer or you want to have more of a computer than your phone, I think that a great solution and it's their much better value is getting a good called a Chromebook. And they're using it in schools, they're using it in education. It's, it will allow you to do all the stuff you can do on an iPad. Well, most of the stuff you can do on an iPad or on a Windows machine or a Mac machine. But there, you get a laptop, you get a desktop. One of the great advantages of a Chromebook is, in terms of safety and things that happen online, is that it's easy to restore the system back to its original condition. So if you did get spammed or get attacked or got something bad happened, you can just what's called power wash it, and you ha- you're back to a safe, clean place. And they're a much better value machine. If you go out and buy, I- I'm not opposed to iPads, but they're the big one now is over a thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And I think the Chromebooks are in a range of three to six hundred dollars for a good machine. Good machine, really good machines in the sixes, medium quality, but still reliable machines are in the three hundreds. And I just think a Chromebook is such an answer. There, once you have somebody kind of walk you through it, they're real easy to use. They'll take care of again working with elderly at the vintage house in Sonoma. A lot of people thought that they needed a big computer because they're young. Grandchildren said, "Oh, mom, you ought to get a DTD Intel five core, blah 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 blah." Then I could game on it. No, mm-hmm. a no, and b a Chromebook is a really easy machine to use. Once somebody's walked you through, like getting your email set up, it'll do all the stuff people want to do. You can do FaceTime on it. You can do all sorts of stuff, and it's just it's a great piece of technology. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, I don't know why that popped in. Something you said made me think about computers. Oh, I'm glad. No, I'm glad you did because in terms of equipment, mostly. What we have in there right now are things like the grab bars or, or the stair lifts or, or things like that for whole body stuff. But one of the bigger ones, bigger in terms of how it affects one's life, is computer slash TV. Yeah. We actually shifted out our TV with the idea that one can use voice commands to 
do something with this particular set of things that we couldn't do with our prior TV. Well, yeah. you can use the voice commands if you know exactly how to do it, how to access it. And, oh, by the way, the print on the screen of a TV when you're sitting in, at the couch is too small to see and and on and on and on. And so I do not personally have the experience yet that you do with something like Chromebooks, but Chrome, the elderly need a tool that isn't just a taught tool of the old stuff. It needs to be a different tool. Right. And it's not just elderly. It's a whole group of people that don't want all that stuff. Yeah. They want to go find their favorite program, and they want to do it easily and now and every day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Richard, thank you. Well, That's there, great. Now, we'll get yeah. some more information I'll, up there. About I'll be happy to I'll happy to talk more about that with you backstage. One of the kind of ironic things is, fine, I've, I'm all safe now, and I'm healthy now. I've eaten the right things. I've got my vitamin D level up. And I sit down on my couch, what am I going to do? Yeah. What am I going to do? I used to watch <laughs> programs, but I can't even access them now. That is so <laughs> yeah. It's big. It's enormous. No, no, I know. It's no, I know. I know. I know. It's terrible. It's just ridiculous. I got myself so healthy, and now I don't have anything to do. <laughs> right. Yeah, you just want to pick up – you want to see PBS, or you want to see KQED. You know, you exactly. want to see something of interest. And you want to just pick up a stick and tell it to go, go here, find that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can help Perfect. you with that. <laughs> All right. Well, you can help lots of people with that. I love it. Thank you yeah. so much. Happy to. Yeah, because it's, it is, I, I've worked with a lot of people who want to, want to be able to communicate with the world. Maybe a short email right. or, a, you know, just a mm -hmm. number of things. And it doesn't need to be ridiculously expensive to do it in terms of the machinery. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like Apple mm -hmm. products, but they're, stupid expensive and <laughs> windows windows is not friendly the other operating system and chromebook operates on its own kind of platform in a really clean easy way um with all of, without all of the like uh, pop this and oh over here and ugh. but yeah same thing with remotes remotes have become amazing you can you know have systems where you say turn off the lights and close down the house and everything right. is locked and mm -hmm. there's a lot of great technology but it, as you say, it's not very user friendly yet. No, but I know people who yet. are much talk about that a lot. And actually, it goes back to Bye. talking about housing and 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 safety in housing. This is a whole other area of of safety. Of you can put in or have someone put in cameras outside so that you can see what's going on, and you can just see right mm -hmm. on your phone, or you could pop up on your TV. So. If, Somebody's front your front door, front door because for some of us getting to the front door is not the easiest thing in the world. It's nice to be able to just see who's there. No, leave that package up front. Um, so there's systems like that that don't have to be complicated, and you don't have to pay an arm and a leg. Two things I want to go by quickly Please. with our remaining time. Uh, both Please. of them, one of them is simple and one of them isn't quite so simple. The first is exercises. One of mm -hmm. the most difficult. Uh, for us really has been while we've actually had a physical therapist at home with some of the very specific things that Leo has dealt with at the age of 95 but they're also a marvelous find with some videos and there is a set and again we will put these up as particular things and have arrangements with them but there is a a series put out by a company called More Life Health, but they are various, and if you just keyed in right this minute, seated exercises for seniors, you'd have a whole selection of More Life Health out there, and they're put on by a gentleman by the name of Mike Kutcher. He's a physiotherapist from Australia, and he definitely has an accent. But he isn't selling anything. He's just walking people through very specific exercises that he is doing as he's talking. And they're marvelous, absolutely marvelous. And the, they're at many different levels. Uh, so I would encourage people right this minute to take a look at those. And you had mentioned earlier something about some yoga things. I think the advent of online exercises is key. And that's another... Mm -hmm. 
a community-based thing I would like to see, which is, hey, everybody on the Tools of Living thing, we're going to have a special everybody dial in at the same time and do these exercises together. I mean, mm-hmm. Just to be That'd able be great. to do that and, and talk about them. So the exercises is there, and those are there. I mean, the stuff I'm recommending to everybody right this minute is it's already there. It could be organized differently for us, but it's there. The other thing is caregivers. I really mm, want mm-hmm. to highlight that um, a lot of people need more care, and they have reached a stage of health where they do some kind of assessment of their health, and their medical insurance says you qualify to have somebody come to your home to help you with the arrangements for daily living. And they have those pretty cleanly defined, um, like um, everything from um, if there there are six activities of daily living, our insurance companies highlights, and one of them is eating, one of them is toileting, one of them is bathing, um, and each of those have specific, you know, can you do it by yourself? Um, and the eating includes putting food in your mouth, but it also includes cooking, right, or mm-hmm. getting the food prepared. So there's a lot of subtleties there. Um, the toileting is whether or not someone needs help um, standing up, sitting down, taking care of various things that happen uh, possibly accidentally. Uh, the bathing, we're back again to what other tools are available for bathing. Uh, there's a, an interesting tool, tool out there, a tub. You stand up and you walk into the tub and you sit down kind of like on a shelf. It's a very much smaller tub, but it's very custom done. Uh, it's a walk-in tub. It's it's not a step over the edge of the tub thing. So there are all kinds of things that fit with having caregivers. And then the choice of a caregiver, somebody to come to your home, the way that system works now is, again, not quite ideal yet <laughs> because mm-hmm. you may someone may come out to help you for four hours a day, but you need eight hours a day, so you have to have another caregiver, a second one. Mm-hmm. And getting it into somebody else in your home is a challenge all by itself. Yeah. So I want to make you aware of the caregiving aspect of insurance and stuff is something that will be enhanced as you get older and what you need to do about it. And we'll put up some separate sections about that as well. So anyway, that would be really good. That, yeah. though, though those, yeah. those are both perfect, and it was perfect because caregivers is one of the things I wanted to highlight was because, again, in caring for my father, I was at that time on the road making a living doing health expos. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I'd have to leave him for a period of time. And I said he was he used a walker, semi mostly ambulatory, but he couldn't get out, like go to the store mm-hmm. or any of that, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. really drive care safely. And so finding a caregiver was just the hardest thing. I'd never done it. So it was just like, where do you go? What do you do? How do you, you don't just look it up and and find reliable, regular people. And eventually I tapped into some people where I was. And it was amazing just having some, the relief of knowing somebody was with my father while we were gone on the road. Yes. It was amazing. And, and they might only come in for four hours a day because he was, like I said, he could get up and move around and use a walker. He just did other things that he needed to care with. And it mm-hmm. was such a relief to have somebody and know that he was fine and safe and we'd talk every day. And mm-hmm. it was great. But finding them was the hard part initially. Well, but yeah, it I sounds think it's like you, in finding them, you did not go through some insurance agent. You personally found them. Is that right? I personally found Yes, I personally found them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There are insurance providers, if you have a particular kind of insurance, where it's covered by the insurance. And the insurance generally hires uh, something that I would call kind of equivalent to a distributor, but the insurer does not provide the services, but they've hired some group in your local community to provide the services. Mm -hmm. uh, Okay. 
you are you are not personally looking for people, but those people that might be approved by you, you still get to meet with them. You still, you know, do you want this person or do you not kind of thing. It's still your choice. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, no, having somebody help with somebody who can't take care of themselves while you leave the, the home is, is essential. It's essential, and it's an amazing stress reliever for everybody. The person in in the care of my in the case of my father, he didn't really want a caregiver because he thought I'll be fine, just don't worry about it. And I thought no, exactly. I don't believe you. Exactly. And I I was with him enough to know that he was lying, but that's just who he was in in a kind and caring way. He was just like no, I'll be fine. No, you're getting a caregiver four hours a day, and he was <laughs> delighted. He was thrilled once he got over the grumpy cat part. He was mm-hmm. just delighted not only to have somebody to be with for four hours a day and talk with and, you know, could we go to the grocery store? Could we go out and visit sure. my buddies at the American Legion? Can we, you know, he was just, he was so happy that he had somebody there and it worked out great. But it was the initial like, I don't know where to go. I, and fortunately, sure. I knew a lot of people, so I made a bunch of calls and it was life changing for everybody. It gave him, us relief being on the road and it gave him relief because he didn't have to, you know, he knew that. Somebody would come in every day for a few hours, four hours or so, and give him a hand with stuff or take him to the store, or just take him for a drive. It was it was an amazing stress reliever. Richard, I can hardly wait to put more of this stuff together. This is so exciting. We have hit so many areas today, all of which need help. And to yeah. be able to provide a tool to people to log on to something as simple as tools of living and say, oh, yes, I need that, or, oh, yes, I'll learn more about this, so that they can make those choices. How exciting. It's very exciting, because I think it's really, and it's not just because I'm 70. (laughs) It's because I think it's really, I, as I say, we're kindred spirits in the, here's all this information now, we'll help you try and figure out the deal. And this is part of that. We're all, eventually, we all get older. No matter what you think in your 30s, we're all going to get older. And at some point, these are things you're going to want to know. And what a great place to have a resource like Tools of Living to go find this. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, thank you so much. This has been an exciting opportunity to talk with you. (laughs) Thank you so much, Carol. I knew we would have a good conversation. We always do. (laughs) All right, everybody. Have a great rest of the week, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. 